I want to thank Research FDI for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do. They facilitate one-on-one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call with them so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion worth of projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research FDI. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514-488-3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. Today we got two guests with us. Alex Metzger is here, the other co-founder of Next Move Group, and we're pleased to introduce Chuck Sexton to you as our CEO beginning April the 1st. So, uh, Chuck, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to get things rolling. And Alex, welcome to our show. Always a pleasure to be here. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing well. I wish the weather would change. I think that's going to happen uh, in the next couple of days. So here well, in Kentucky, it's Chuck is lying. He ain't been doing well since St. Peter's played the Kentucky Wildcats there a few nights ago and uh, embarrassed them and caught John Callum. And now all the Kentucky people is wondering if Coach Cal's the right person. Oh, yeah. That's all you're seeing on Facebook. And then, of course, Murray State University, which is right there where I'm from originally, had a chance to get some revenge for us UK fans, and they lost too. So it was a double whammy. Well, I think St. Peter's uh, proved they were more than a 15 seed, which, you know, that is the first time Cal has lost in the first round. So uh, I'm going to give him a pass, but I'm a, I'm a Cal true. Let me get this straight. You make an excuse for Kentucky losing to St. Peter's, Alex? I wouldn't say I make an excuse, but St. Peter's was obviously a good team. You saw what they did. Good team. Did they look real good against North Carolina Sunday, didn't they? How'd they look against Purdue? Purdue's no good. It wins Purdue, everyone ain't there. You the Kentucky Wildcat. In the final four is Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, and Kansas. Those are the blue bloods. You've been left behind. You're supposed to be one of them. You've been left behind. The day Chuck and I listened to a Mississippi State fan try to talk basketball. Uh, Mississippi State, we won the College World Series last year. When's the last championship Kentucky won? Hey, if you want to say basketball, we didn't say baseball. Well, yeah, well, baseball, I'd, I'd rather win a baseball than a basketball being a Mississippi State. Well, of course you would. You've never won a basketball. <laughs> and we did make the final four. But, I mean, well, let's see, when's the last time y'all won now? Ten years ago? So, Villanova's passed you. Villanova's the number. They've won twice mm-hmm. since you've won. Duke has won. Uh, let's see, North Carolina's won. So, I mean, we're, you know, Kentucky, y'all think y'all number one. But really and truly, you're about number six right now. What do you think in the pecking order? Whatever you say, Chad. Well, that's the truth. So three years different. Every day, day is new, and everybody has a chance to win in the NCAA tournament. So we can't start talking about that. That's but right. consistently, I'm- the University of Kentucky, Duke, and UCLA have the most wins. But UCLA hadn't been in it in what thirty years. 
Yeah, they were good last year, but they hadn't won it in a while. But for our listeners, the Final Four is in New Orleans this weekend in Duke and North Carolina. I mean, that's going to be the biggest basketball game maybe ever. Coach Cade to play in North Carolina in the Final Four. So this is going to be a pretty enjoyable weekend. Well, back to Murray State. Murray State lost their coach, and then they brought back Steve Prom. So a lot of Murray State fans are real excited about that coaching hire. I saw that. Well, you all can probably gather, most of you know this, but uh, this is kind of getting the band back together. So Chuck and Alex and I worked together years ago, been eight years now, you know, time flies. We used to work together in economic development at the local level for four years. And so uh, this is not our first rodeo together. So you're going to get a lot of uh, me picking on Kentucky when they lose to teams like St. Peter's because, you know, Chuck and I know each other so well, as does Alex. So so this is kind of getting the band back together. So, Chuck, uh, why don't you just talk about you know, your decision to join Next Move Group, and then I want to talk about some of the accomplishments you've had over there at One East Kentucky. Yeah, so, uh, you know, over the last eight years, it seems like once a month or once every other month, I get a call from you or – uh, or I call you about something and, and we're constantly giving each other advice on different things. And, uh, you know, we've made, uh, had discussions in the past about the potential, uh, what my future looked like post uh, local, working on a local level. Uh, I had told you that I planned on getting in the consulting game at some point. And, uh, you know, stars seem to align uh, this spring for, uh, for us to make a move uh, and my next move to be with you guys. So, uh, I was excited to jump on board and uh, help continue the growth tra trajectory of Next Move Group. I like you saying Next Move. You're going to start seeing now. Every time you turn the TV on, Next Move. The, uh, and on the basketball Saturday, they'll be like, wonder what Coach K's next move is. He's going to go into broadcasting. Or you'll start hearing this everywhere now that, now, that you're, now that you're on board. So one of the reasons we want to bring Chuck on board is 90%, if not 95%, of our clients are local economic development organizations. I'd say 90. What do you think, Alex? Is it closer to 90%? I mean, we got power companies. we got regional. But I'd say 90% are local economic development organizations. And so historically, within our company, I'm the only person who's ever run a local economic development organization. Uh, uh, many of our other members have the education. They've been served as number twos and whatnot, but I'm the only one that ever ran one. And there's just something different about sitting in that number one seat. And we determined that in order to service our clients, in order to keep growing, you know, uh, that pressure can't all fall to me. And so uh, Chuck has a very interesting background in that uh, he's worked in different levels of economic development. He's successfully run one East Kentucky for seven years now, so not just a, a year or two. Uh, and he worked in the private sector doing things such as strategic planning, uh, selling uh, to manufacturers, various different services. So he brings a real unique the perspective, but but the one I'm most excited about, in addition, we work together, so we know we know one another, is, uh, is he has set in that number one seat, and most of our customers are local economic developers, and so this is going to be able to help us service them better, and even come up with new products. I told Chuck, I said, I hadn't been a local developer now in eight years. It's probably products that you wish you had <laughs> that we can now go out and bring in. And so, uh, Chuck, I have been proud of what you built. You basically started that organization up for folks who uh, I'll let you tell them where East Kentucky is, but you don't have any interstates. I mean, you have lots of disadvantages, yet you've been highly successful. I think over a thousand jobs created over a hundred million dollars of investment. So you have built a real expertise helping the, the type communities that really it's our mission to help. So talk about, you know, some of the things you've learned there uh, in one East Kentucky and some of your accomplishments. 
Yeah, you know, coming into Eastern Kentucky um, the first time, which would have been seven years ago this month, uh, as I was interviewing uh, for this position, um, I had not ever been to this portion of Kentucky. All I knew about this, this portion of Kentucky was uh, coal. Uh, coal mining was king. Uh, and when I got over here, uh, my perception of the area prior to arriving, what, what my biggest fear was, and I knew our, our, the biggest thing we had to overcome uh, talking to companies here in the U.S. was overcoming that negative perception that Eastern Kentucky had. Um, there was a negative perception about how rural it was. There weren't good roads and all this stuff. And when you come here, you're on a four lane, uh, pretty much interstate highway coming into the region. It's just not marked as one on Google. And so uh, understanding that our story had to be compelling when talking to companies. And of course, the devastation of the coal industry uh, at that time was in the massive downturn uh, due to some environmental regulations on the power industry uh, that caused all these coal mines to shut down. So I knew we had this large swath of available skilled workers that were coming out of it. So the first thing I knew we needed to do was have a, st a strategy around messaging and marketing, as well as understand the workforce and how it can transition into other target industries and use those two pieces for us to set a trajectory for growth and diversification within the region. Um, the other big thing was giving hope to the communities. And when I came in, there were a lot of people, business people included, who felt like you could never do anything in Eastern Kentucky other than utilize the natural resources, either coal or the timber industry. There's a lot of, lot of wood products here. It's a very large wood basket in Eastern Kentucky. And there used to be a lot of uh, wood-related industries here. And uh, helping them understand the site selection process, what goes through the mind of a company, helping them understand that companies are most concerned uh, about logistics, supply chain, uh, workforce, uh, both short-term and long-term, and how Eastern Kentucky can put a package together to attract those types of companies. I, it took some convincing for some of the people here, but once they understood how that process works, they were completely behind us and on board. And, and what's been fun is that this organization being regional has been privately funded the entire time. So 501c3, we don't receive any tax dollars from any communities, and it's privately led uh, from our board's perspective. So I really enjoyed that. So Chuck's really going to be able to help us um, in our site selection practice because he's been out you know, meeting with manufacturers constantly. As many of you have heard, our private sector executive search business is really growing. Matter of fact, we got two calls this week with companies that might want us to hire executives for them. I'm talking private sector. Obviously, Chuck will be able to assist with that. Um, he was at that organization even as they did their fundraising. So I, ju I just think that, you know, that provides a unique perspective to start one up. And then, Chuck, I know you also graduated from Oklahoma University's EDI Institute. So you'll be able to help with any strategic planning and so forth for our economic development clients. Why don't you talk a little bit about OUEDI? We got a lot of young listeners and they often ask us, uh, you know, should I do the IADCC, CD, or the Southern Miss Masters or OUEDI? And I don't know that I understand the difference in all of them. So why don't you tell them kind of what you learned through that OUEDI process? Well, um, more than anything, OUEDI was uh, an opportunity to, to network with other folks across uh, you know, the spectrum and learn from them. But also what I found was a lot of folks uh, kind of picked me out as a mentor going through that program. And, and while OUEDI is important for folks who've never been exposed to economic development, you can learn all the different aspects of, of economic development, whether it's uh, 
tourism related, entrepreneurship, small business development, deal negotiation, all these different aspects and exist BR and E are all piled into the OUEDI program. I was lucky enough to work for you uh, for a couple of years before I started that track. So as I went through OUEDI, I wasn't really learning anything new. It was maybe hearing a different perspective on, on certain things that I already learned uh, from working for you. But um, again, that program, I think, especially for folks who are just getting into economic development is extremely beneficial from an education standpoint, as well as growing your network because the people you meet uh, through that program, just like at a conference, uh, if you're smart about how you network, you're going to have friends for life and people that you can lean on and ask for advice at any time. That's something I've always said to the young professionals uh, in our state association and at SEDC is that um, one of the most valuable things you can do is pick out some uh, professional seasoned individuals that you can learn from and, and seek advice from because it doesn't matter what level you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been in economic development. You're always going to have to have someone you can reach out to because things change and things come up you've never experienced before. You know, one of the reasons that I'm so excited about Chuck joining us is um, he did work for me kind of learning the basics, but then he's went out here and built a name for his own self. That has nothing to do with me. I know you were named 40 under 40 by DCI economic developers not long ago. And so I, I kind of look at it as a coach. If, if you were one day my offensive coordinator, uh, you know, it was probably some people that thought that, uh, well, Chuck won't make it, you know, without Chad there in Paducah. But now he's went out here and look what he's done. I think you've outshined me in many ways. So not only do you kind of know how I think, but you went out there and proven you can do it on your own and you built a name for your own self. And so uh, I'm, I'm proud of what you've done over there and tickled to death that you're joining us. And I want to bring Alex in here now. So, I mean, Alex and I both, I mean, we want Chuck to run the company. So if there's any questions about that, we want him to run the company for various reasons, one of which is taxes. If we can ever get to where Chuck can run the company and Alex and I be more passive investors, then our tax rate goes down. So we got a mathematical reason behind this, but we actually talked to our staff last July or August. I can't remember when it was. We had a, a staff gathering, you know, and, and we told them that our vision was to become more passive on opening day of baseball. Well, just so what happened, opening day is next week, as y'all are hearing this. And so that's what we're going to do. So Alex and I will certainly be involved as we get our processes built and Chuck starts running it. But our vision really is for Chuck to run the company, for me to keep assisting with our branding um, and doing our movement shows and so forth. And for Alex to help on the executive search. But, but our vision is that Chuck will be able to take this thing and run with it. So Alex, why don't you talk about that vision and maybe talk about uh, when we all work together back in Paducah and how far we've come. Exactly. Well, you know, we've had Next Move Group for over seven years now, and we've been very proud of what we have built. And we've established quite a bit of growth, uh, especially the next three years since we did the Goldman Sachs program and, uh, you know, learned really to automate a lot of our processes and some of our marketing and, and very proud of what uh, not only you and I have accomplished, but the staff that we've built and the success we've had with Next Move Group over the last seven years. And we really spent a lot of time talking about how do we take our business to the next level. And I think our familiarity with Chuck was, uh, was definitely, a, definitely a strength that we knew him, we knew what he was capable of, and we knew his assets that he could bring on and take us to the next level. Now, speaking of Paducah, Chuck and I grew up in Western Kentucky together and have known each other since uh, we're about 16 years old. We worked together at, uh, at Chuck E. Cheese in high school. We did the leadership Paducah class together. So, you know, as well as you know, Chuck, I I'd say I even know him better than almost anyone and, and have known him my whole life. And so I know what he can bring to the table. And, and Chuck, if you want to talk a little bit about 
about continuing this growth that we've had and kind of the vision you have to, uh, to keep this growth going? Well, um, you know, just like you and Chad, um, I'm a competitor. I played basketball uh, in high school. We both played in a couple of leagues there in Paducah. Alex, um, uh, if you can remember back in the day at Jaton Gym um, and then the sports complex out there, the, the games got a little heated at times. Uh, you know, I had a ragtag crew from over near Kentucky Lake and, uh, you know, it seemed like we all had a chip on our shoulder trying to prove something. But the reason was because we were competitors. We wanted to win. We wanted we didn't just want to win, we wanted to crush the competition. And, uh, you know, that's something that I continue to feel every single day. You know, you're going to get burnout real quick on the local level if you're not optimistic about the fact that you can win. If you are constantly beat down and you don't think you can win, you're not going to win. And so, you know, I want to bring that energy and that growth mindset to Next Move Group because, you know, I have an idea and personal goals for my future. I know that the two of you do as well. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, someone that everyone's going to meet soon, Ivy Stanley, uh, as COO of Next Move Group. You're going to have her on next week, I think. Um, she has that same mindset as a person. Uh, but what she brings to the table is a skill set uh, that I think we're going to we're going to relish in the operation side uh, to help set this company up for uh, that continued quick, fast growth trajectory, that gazelle trajectory. And so, um, of course, the, the other big thing uh, in economic development that I think everyone should have is passion and being passionate about rural communities, especially being passionate about helping small business and medium sized business to be successful. You know, if you can bring that type of energy and passion to uh, a consulting uh, role like this, I think the only uh, possibility is continued growth and success. And so, you know, hopefully that leads through to our client base and they see how much we want to help them, how much we want to see them succeed. Because uh, in our mindsets, you know, if we're helping someone else win, that's a win for us too. Well, and Chuck knows our mission and he knows it really revolves around when I was a kid, my father and one of 10 kids. Interesting to say it this week because all the first cousins just got together at my house. So we just talked about this. But uh, but four of my aunts and uncles and my father all lost their job overnight when Sunbeam closed the plan in rural Mississippi and moved it overseas. And uh, and I know that resonates with Chuck. I mean, we don't have to convince him of our mission that resonates with him. So, Chuck, talk about your upbringing and, and how that really aligns with our mission and what we're out to accomplish. Well, I grew up in, in uh, you know, one of the poorer parts of Marshall County in what we call River Bottoms to this day. And, uh, you know, and a rusted out old blue trailer um, that didn't have heat and air. Uh, we had to rely on kerosene heat in the wintertime and there was zero air conditioning. You just opened the windows up and my dad worked as hard as he could doing odd jobs. It just there wasn't a lot of money to be made. And the only reason we ever got out of that trailer uh, was because a company came in, expanded within the region, and he got an opportunity to go and work for them. Uh, and, and the reason he got the opportunity was because he had a broad base of skill sets. He was a highly skilled individual, still is to this day. Matter of fact, right now, my dad is looking at retiring and the word got out and eight different companies are trying to get him to come and work for them because it's really hard to find good equipment operators, heavy equipment operators right now. And they want him to help teach the younger generation. And so he took that skill set and went and got a good job with a company that was growing because someone out there convinced that company to locate in Western Kentucky. And I, I've had a better future because of it. Uh, we got a real house. 
We had more than one car that wasn't breaking down all the time. Uh, I was actually able to get clothes from Walmart instead of from Salvation Army um, and able to get new shoes because my feet cramped all the time because I was in the same pair of shoes for about four years in a row there as a kid and my feet were growing and they were just busting through the shoes. And so I look around places like Eastern Kentucky, like the rural parts of, of Alabama and rural parts of Mississippi. And there are kids who are having to go through the exact same thing here in 2022 that I went through in the mid to late eighties. And to me, there's no better calling in the world than to do the type of work that we do to help communities be more successful to give opportunities to the people that live there. So one of the things that, uh, believe it or not, one of the reasons I thought of Chuck for this role is he used to be on the high school radio team, uh, whatever it was, where he was on the uh, radio and calling the ball games or whatever. You ever heard him karaoke? I mean, he still likes the microphone. He's a great karaoke. He loves the microphone. And y'all know a lot of the way we built this business is these podcast shows and YouTube shows and, and what have you. And so Chuck's actually going to start hosting these going forward. I'm sure I'll host one or two as a guest, but, but, but Chuck will be taking over that. So Chuck, talk about that whole side of your brain where you like to grab the microphone and start talking. Cause, uh, cause you're going to be doing a lot of that for us here coming up. Yeah. So when I was in high school, uh, I thought, uh, I thought I was going to be in broadcasting. We had a in Marshall County high school there in Western Kentucky had a full television studio in the basement. And there was a program uh, that went out every morning. It was to everyone else, the morning announcement, but we did it as MCHS news and it went out to the whole county on the cable channel. And a guy who was a little older than me that was uh, in my brother's class, uh, Will Corsi, who ended up becoming a state representative. We're still friends to this day. He was on there and he lived right through for me. I thought, man, it'd be awfully cool to do what Will does. I would love to be behind that desk, reading the news and having a good time. And so I got into that program. I had to take two years of oral communications or speech class. And then I was able to get behind the news desk and become a lead anchor. And so post high school, when I was still 17, I graduated high school at 17. My, my parents wanted me out of the house when I was younger. So I went to school a year earlier than everybody else. Um, that summer, I decided, hey, I need to get a job in broadcasting to help me with what I'm planning to do in college, which is either theater or broadcasting or a combination of the two. And so I just went to every radio station in Western Kentucky and put, put an application in and one in Mayfield, you know, where the tornado just happened uh, down there in West Kentucky, uh, 94.7 WIVR in Mayfield took a chance on me after I laid down some uh, tracks for them. And I ended up becoming a full-time disc jockey on the air from seven to midnight as they were trying to compete as a uh, top 100 radio station. And probably one of the funnest jobs I've ever had, just going in at seven o'clock and getting on the radio and playing whatever music I wanted. The program manager let me start playing uh, Snoop and Jay-Z and Dr. Dre and stuff after 10 o'clock. <laughs> I couldn't play that earlier, but after 10 on Fridays, I got to play that all I wanted because a lot of people at Murray State University were listening to that radio station. So uh, Chuck, how, that was- uh, How old were you, Chuck, when, when you got this job? 17. Wow. So that might be one of your funnest jobs until now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I didn't think when he was 17 that, that, that one day he might get hired to be the CEO of a company because of his radio attributes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of our one of our challenges at Next Move that Chuck and I have talked about, we've grown 40% three years in a row. 
And, and as you do that, you end up growing so fast that you, you're servicing all your clients and you never really stop to build all the processes you want. And, and, uh, and that's one of the reasons that we're bringing Chuck on. And it's one of the reasons we're particularly excited to bring Ivy Stanley on as our COO. She'll join us next week on the show. She also has OUEDI background and has worked in various economic development roles and is going to bring a lot of skills to our table. But, but um, I was talking to Chuck yesterday just about how fast we've grown and the processes we need. And, uh, and Chuck goes, yeah, you know, you do, but, but you're at what a lot of small growing businesses go through. So Chuck, Chuck understand, he actually ran a program in Paducah called Entre Paducah that was set out to help businesses grow. So Chuck, I think understands where we are as a company right now. And that as fast as we've grown, that's great, but it, it, it sets up its own challenges. So Chuck, talk about how, um, you know, you think getting these processes in place is not unique to just us, but many companies going through what we are and how that once we get them in place, we should uh, continue to grow. Yeah, so any company that successfully passes the startup stage and, and has a good marketing and a, and a trajectory for growth enters typically next, they enter the second stage growth phase. And a lot of times companies can still falter and, and die in the second stage growth phase if they don't take the time to focus on the internal structure of their company in order for that growth to continue. And, 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 and it's nobody's fault other than not someone not being able to consult with them about it and talk about the fact that, look, you know, you're working so hard as the owner uh, and, and lead of the organization uh, on all the business development side and, and all those new clients are coming on so fast and you're taking care of all them and meeting deadlines and making sure they're satisfied and happy that you get to a certain point of critical mass where you can't take on any more clients simply because you haven't taken the time to set the processes appropriately that you can still do that with the same amount of staff and continue the uh, growth trajectory. And so in order to go from second stage to like a gazelle type company and then a long-term sustainable growth company, you have to set all those processes in place appropriately. And that's one of the things I'm excited about that Ivy chose to come on board as COO because I really, I don't think I've ever met anybody uh, who has that mindset of being able to put together processes and operations in a way that allows for that uh, fast track growth to continue. And so, um, you know, it, it happens in the private sector all the time. Uh, and, you know, a lot of companies end up continuing that growth because they do exactly this. They pull the right people on board to make sure that they can continue that and sustain it. And we are excited to have her. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, uh, I, I'm an all parts entrepreneur, which means we don't really like operations. So I'm glad to have somebody coming on uh, that does. Let me bring Alex back in as we start to wind down. So Alex, I don't know if I told you this, but I've already had two people since we announced Chuck coming on, call me and said, Chad, are you retiring? I know you moved to Florida and people retire when they move to the beach and everything. And what exactly are, are, are y'all going to be doing? And so why don't you talk about, um, you know, what we'll be doing and then I'll, I'll join in. I, I know your father owned businesses for years and he made this transition that we're making. So it may be odd to the public that we would do it, but this is very much part of our strategy. Well, I would say that I don't think you, that's part of you moving to Florida was us, uh, us trying to, to scale down a little bit our roles within the company. Um, yeah, so I, 
I'm really looking forward to this next chapter for Chad and I. We are not leaving Next Move Group at all. We are still going to be uh, working several hours a week, hands with our client. We are going to work hand in hand with Chuck and Ivy, making sure that the scalability, the processes get in place, the sales keep getting done. We are not disappearing. Um, now, our long-term plan is to eventually scale down and you know only work a couple hours a day and, and maybe go on to some other separate ventures between you and I um, or, or, or by ourselves. And, and once this next move group gets running smoothly. Uh, so we are excited about that. But yes, I've, I've heard that too. People ask, you know, uh, are we stepping out completely? No, we will still be working the day to day. I'll still be uh, largely in charge of the executive searches. Chad will still be handing a lot of the, a lot of the sales aspect along with Chuck. So you will still see us with Next Move Group uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, we are just really excited at the opportunity we had to to bring Chuck and Ivy on. And uh, you know, like Chuck just mentioned, the the scalability and the growth that we think we can do over the next two or three years, and we couldn't be happier with the team we're assembling. And our movement members really are our VIP members. I mean, some of y'all listening to this are movement members. And uh, we put out content for them every single week. And so I will always be heavily involved in that. Uh, but certainly Chuck will have ideas that are better than mine. I mean, so so getting him involved here, we're going to get him also involved in the movement. That, that'll, that'll, I think, just uh, deepen the services that we can give to those folks. So, so I'll still certainly be involved in that and then growing our brand and so forth. But it's funny, yesterday or the day before, through some other things that Alex and I are doing, our lawyer asked us, he said, our lawyer was not aware, Chuck, that we were bringing you on. I, I don't guess we had told him yet. And he said, I got one question. He said, if I owned y'all's company, he said, I would be concerned that y'all are doing all the sales and you have no process to get anybody else doing it. And if something happens to one of you, you're going to be in bad trouble. And I said, well, we fixing that next Monday, Mr. Logger. I said, I'm glad you, so literally he just said this, not knowing, not knowing what we were doing, which just goes back into our plan to create. What we want to do is build a machine that, uh, that can grow, uh, grow for us and also help small to mid-sized companies, communities, and nonprofits grow over time. And we just always want to keep adding better and better services to that, just like our private sector uh, services that we have added recently. So, uh, Chuck, as we conclude, I guess my last thing would be, uh, you worked, you worked for me for uh, four years back in Paducah a long time ago. Uh, did you ever imagine that we would be putting the band back together or, the, or, do you, or are you sitting there wondering what in the world have I done? I always thought it could be a possibility. Uh, I never really uh, thought that it would probably come to fruition. I actually uh, saw the trajectory being more that I would have uh, my own company at some point and that we would work together uh, on some things. But uh, being able to jump in with you all, I, I think at a, at a, a critical time for you and uh, an interesting time for me, you know, I said this, um, I think in the, in the release from, from One East Kentucky, but uh, it's, it's very true that if you are a good economic developer who cares, you never, ever feel like your job is done where you're at. And certainly that's the way I, I feel. Um, but at the same time, uh, there's, there comes a point where uh, you need to grasp new opportunities and, and run uh, instead of instead of walk. And so that's what we're going to do. And um, I'm excited to get back in the, in the swing of things with the two of you. Uh, it doesn't really feel like we ever left because of how much we still talk. But at the same time, uh, it's going to be interesting seeing you uh, uh, and talking to you more often. <laughs> that's true. Well, 
Well, Chuck, I just want to say I've known you for almost 25 years now, uh, probably pretty close to 25 years, and I couldn't be more proud of the career that you've built for yourself. And I'm really, really excited that you're joining us and uh, can't wait to see what we do in the upcoming years. Thank yeah, you. and you know, uh, I'm a pretty confident person, particularly in my own abilities. And uh, I think what Chuck's done in 1 East Kentucky is more than I could have done if I'd have had that very same job. I mean, I mean that. I've told people that. I've been over there to speak to your events and, and been to various stuff. And, uh, and I have admired uh, what you have done, and I know how hard it is. You know, I tell people all the time, being a local economic developer, we do these executive searches. And people will say, we need to hire Nick Saban. And I tell them, that's not how this works. This is like playing the PGA Tour. If you win one turn, you got to beat 160 other towns. You don't get to play Georgia every week and beat one team. And, uh, and you got to play everybody. And if you win the Masters one time, you've done it. And, I mean, what? if you think about it, you have consistently, you know, won a tournament if you were on the PGA Tour every year over there. And, and uh, that's the way I think about it. And I don't think I could have done that my own self. And I'm very confident in my ability. So I think, you know, that's how much you've done over there. As we wind down. I would like for you to, we talked a lot of economic development, talk a little bit about your experience before you got an economic development, strategic planning, selling supplies to manufacturers and so forth, because I think that that's going to probably lead into some new products and services we offer our clients. So just talk a little bit about that expertise. Yeah, so realizing that I wasn't going to be a broadcaster long-term, um, I started looking around for opportunities uh, to get into business and uh, ended up with a company called Fastenal. A lot of people know who Fastenal is. Uh, I have a lot of friends who still work for that company. Uh, my old boss is now uh, vice president corporate uh, there at that company. It's an international supply chain company. They supply uh, industry and construction uh, with all sorts uh, of things. And being in that role and being a business manager for them at the young age of 22, I had to understand going into a manufacturing operation or a distribution facility or, or really any type of company that uses supplies, I had to understand their processes as a company, understand what their needs were. And so, you know, you mentioned in um, the news release that that first trip we did to Canada and we walked out after that meeting with that company and I said, well, you should have done it like this. One of the other things that happened on that trip, that same trip, we were walking through um, I think it was a, uh, a plastic injection molding company there in Canada. And I ended up talking to the owner the majority of the time about the different supplies that they were using throughout their facility and how they could get those supplies at Paducah within a 20 mile radius of the facility that we were trying to promote to them to come into Western Kentucky. And you asked me when we got in the car, you said, how in the hell do you know all that stuff about what these people use? And I said, look, I, you know, I spent seven, eight years working for a company that that's what I did. I worked with manufacturers of all different types and sizes and understood the supplies that they had to have every single day and how to get those supplies to them. And so coming into economic development, it's a huge tool as an economic developer to be able to understand the type of supply chain within your region and then just outside of your region. Because as you're trying to pull companies in, one of the big things they're going to ask is how in the world are they going to be served, especially when you're in your rural area? How are they going to get the supplies they need to do their work, to produce their goods, and to ship those out to clients? And if you can help answer those questions and ease risk in their mind, that's something you're going to hear me talk about a lot as I come on board Next Move Group. It's a philosophy that I've had for a long time, is that if, if you're going to be successful in economic development, one of the biggest things you have to be able to do 
is ease risk in the mind of a CEO of a company. All the different things you do as an economic developer is helping ease the risk in their mind to choose your location. And so understanding that supply chain does that. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, post working for Fast and All, I went to, uh, went to work for a, a firm there in Western Kentucky to, to help do strategic planning and risk management uh, for small, medium-sized businesses. And, you know, still to this day, uh, my brain thinks uh, uh, in that mode a lot uh, when I'm doing my everyday job. So that was really, really great experience for me. And as we build out uh, our strategic planning process for communities uh, that we work with and, and economic development organizations that we work with at Next Move Group, uh, I'm going to bring some of that private sector experience and the strategic planning process uh, to that service. And we're going we're gonna to expand that service quite a bit uh, as we go forward. All right. Well, Chuck's telling the truth. The first time um, that we did a, a lead generation trip, um, we walked in this man's office in Canada and I got in the car and I said, I messed that up everywhere in the world. Of course, I would have never let my board or anybody know that, but I, I, I looked at Chuck and said, boy, I messed that up. He said, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do that. And I, I often tell people we did 400 of those visits. I probably did 300 because there were times I couldn't go. Something came up, Alex or Chuck went. And I've often said, I probably messed up about the first 20 to 30 because I was figuring it out. And, but once I got it, I got it. And, you know, a big part of our pitch was the supply chain that Chuck is talking about. And I had to learn that for my own self. And I'm one of these, you know, once I see somebody do it, then I can usually go do it. And so Chuck actually taught me that way back then. So uh, as we wind down next week, we'll have Ivy Stanley on here, our COO. And uh, then after that, Chuck will start hosting uh a lot of these shows. So Chuck, we'll give you the last word. Look, I'm just excited. Uh, I'm excited to see who wins the NCAA tournament. I'm excited to get things going next week. Uh, I'll be with you guys there uh, uh, on site and um, looking forward to getting out uh, this next month. April's filling up fast. It seems like uh, uh, you know the word's gotten around and several state associations are wanting us to uh, come on in and, and meet and greet and, and get to know their membership. Um, I think uh, I think folks value uh, fresh blood and new energy and uh, what we're going to be able to bring to the table. So I'm excited to get out there and meet all, all the folks, new clients. All right. Thank you all so much. And we're pleased to have you.